0: Hey everybody, it's Ian here, and I just wanted to, it's actually been over a week uh, since I co-hosted the Tommy Chong interview on Petey's Awesome Guest Panel, Um, but I was um, recording parts of it. Um, I know the first part is after I asked my first question, Um, but there's a couple other parts. One of them is nine minutes long. And kind of parts of uh, a few of our questions involved, but it's kind of just um, a teaser, I guess I should say, for the actual Tommy Chong interview, which uh, we got to talk with him for an hour. And I believe that there's like 45 minutes maybe on YouTube because um, Pete cut some stuff out that uh, the agent said he didn't want Tommy talking about, but Tommy talked about anyways. But, uh, you know, you'll have that. Um, it was very awesome talking with him. Uh, I've been a Cheech and Chong fan for, oh my gosh, probably since I was in middle school, long before I knew what pot was. Um, I enjoyed the comedy of Cheech and Chong. And, um, for duos, uh, comedy duos, especially in the last, uh, they got together in the late 60s, um... I, I called them innovators. Uh, but Chong said they, they weren't really innovators. They just um, picked up stuff from other people, which kind of interested me because I think when you look back to like when Up and Smoke came out in 1978, I think it was, 78, 79, there wasn't really a lot of that kind of humor. I mean, uh, the drugs were still kind of... It's not like today where I believe like 25, something like 25 of 50... U.S. states are Eagle, uh, Eagle, either um, legal, like, um, I can't think of what it's called, but um, I'm farting on it now, um, recreational. Half of them, they're either recreational or medical. So you can have your medical card, you can just go in off the street and show your ID and buy it. But uh, when, when Up and Smoke came out and when and Chong were like doing tours in the 70s and when Big Bamboo came out and the records came out, it was definitely still like a taboo era. Uh, it was still before Reagan and the war on drugs in the 80s. But um, I'd say, yeah, there was definitely still kind of a whisper, whisper, hush, hush when you were uh, looking to get stoned or looking to score, as they might have said. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I was supposed to interview Chong on the first time, Petey had him on a number of months ago, um, but I was at work, and I was actually standing in a closet, uh, waiting to get put on the Zoom, and he, and then I ended up putting it in my back pocket and going to check, and I don't know if I, call, I think I called in late, and he never saw me, um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to do that, so I was like, I kept asking him to get him back. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, this, this is like one-time opportunity. Just completely gone out the window now. But um, we did get him back. And it was very awesome. And then four days after I interviewed and met Tommy Chong, I got to see a concert of and then later meet Afro Man. So it was like a stoner's dream week, just from those two experiences. But... Um, I think I'm going to cut that out for now. The full interview is available on YouTube. If you go to you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go to YouTube and check out PD's awesome guest panel, um, there's, he's done, uh, this was 112, but he's done uh, one or two since then. So, uh, he's been going about a year and he's doing great. Uh, PD came on my show a number of times, um, in the early 2010s. And I, had, I let him co-host, and he called in and talked to the Glow Girls when I did my Glow Girl of the Month and the Glow Girl Radio reunions and all that stuff because he was a big fan of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And Pete ended up doing this now, and he's doing it so much different than I do. I'm still old school, um, still like radio kind of feelings, like uh, a phone call and, and the host, which is what, what I've always enjoyed. Um, I do like doing the in-person interviews, like conventions and stuff, but it's so much harder. Like I, I, I fanboy out, kind of mark out, as we say in wrestling, kind of just fan out in a lot of ways and, um, kind of stumble over my words. And I can feel like the goosebumps crumbling up my, uh, (laughs) my extremities, but, uh, Anywho, uh, as I said, you can find Petey's Awesome Guest Panel on YouTube, the Tommy Chong interview. This is part two if you're looking for that one, but I also suggest you check out part one. But Part two is the one I co-hosted, as well as the Burt Ward interview, uh, the legendary original Robin from... uh, the legendary Batman 1960s TV show. So, find those and so much more on YouTube. You can even find uh, classic cloverleaf episodes and clips and promos. And I'm going to get ready to start putting some new stuff up there as well. So, check out for that. And uh, you guys enjoy these clips from the Chommy Chong interview. We'll see you later. <laughs> Rick, was it? Yeah. In, making him smoke. And he didn't turn it down. Oh, okay, okay. It was a lot of fun. Those guys had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's got to be cool getting to uh, work and share your kind of stoner comedy that you guys pretty much like originated with uh, different generations that have brought their own kind of element into the force. Well, we
1: personally, you know, we got our ideas from other people ahead of us. The committee and Second City. I was thinking, uh, reminiscing, because I've I've been watching Everybody Loves Raven and uh and I, I realized watching peter boyle on that show that he was a perfect when I, the first time i ever saw anything called improv acting was in uh, chicago at, at, at the second city and peter boyle was one of the the stars of the show that i saw and uh, and then i worked with peter on uh, yellow beard and so it was a because he really was the very first guy that i that, that really got me interested in doing uh, improvisational comedy.
0: Very cool. Oh, okay.
1: And, uh, I don't know, uh, it was, uh, I understood, I understood the concept and everything else, but I I don't especially agree with, uh, you know, physical acts that, that could hurt or something, but, yeah, I mean, it was just I'm one of those guys. I'll try anything, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't care what it is. I I used to be almost a regular in Bill O'Reilly, oh wow, because my 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 views were so left wing that every time I, they'd have me on, they'd get all this mail and all this action. You know, what what's this guy get this crazy guy off? Uh, so I I like the conflict and everything. I, I like that part, you know? and and I appreciate everybody, no matter what they're doing. You know, like evil Knievel, you know, I mean, that was deadly, deadly, you know, trying to kill himself for money. <laughs> and he finally, I, I don't I forget, but yeah, but people, people do so many crazy things. Well, you know, you put a camera on people, look up. <laughs> well, ex- expect the unexpected, right? Big pushback from all the uh, bird feeders and that, and Jack Herrera was the guy's his book, Airport Wears No Clothes. Classic. You gotta get it. I would have thought it would be Snoop Dogg or Bob Marley. Bob Marley is the singer. He was no advocate of he he used pot, but he was like like the people I'm talking about. They're people that you know what they're doing. You know. Uh, I met I know I know Bob Marley. I knew him. And and Bob Marley, like Willie, like uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, like me, you know, we're, we're users. We're the users of them. But guys like Jack Herrera, they were the professors. They were the brain. Just like Sandra Gupta, uh, you know, the, the chief medical uh, for Biden, uh, you know, for America. He was the one that actually got cannabis uh, legal, medically, because what he did on CNN, he did a show where he showed uh, a baby that was born with epilepsy and it would have a, a, a fit a, a epileptic stroke every 15 minutes or a half hour, some crazy thing from the day of its birth. And it wasn't even a year old. And after they give it Charlotte's web uh, to a THC, a strain of Charlotte's web, uh, the baby hugged his mother for the first time it was cured no more fits and so this is this is the, the substance that the the American government demonized because it was a racist law meant to uh, control uh, blacks and, uh, and you know give the cops an excuse to uh, to be racist all over america so all over the world, actually, because up until America uh, demonized can- cannabis was uh, considered a medicine. In fact, in uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam was one of the few places, if not the only place that rallied against the demonization of marijuana. And so at Amsterdam, they've been using it since the, the beginning of time in Amsterdam. And I'll give you a little tidbit that, that I, I tell every once in a while. You know the word drugstore? Yeah. You know drugstore? Okay. Why, why do you think they're calling it drugstore? Why do they call the word? What, where did the word drug come from? Anybody know that? I'll tell you. It's a Dutch word. It comes from the word Drug. To drug means to dry. So what they would do when they harvested the hemp cannabis, they would put them in these stores called Druk to dry. They were called drew stores. And so, uh, when, uh, when, uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. When, when, when all, all during that one period, before they demonized... First of all, before Prohibition. See, Prohibition started the Prohibition of Marijuana. And Prohibition, another racist law. I don't know if you guys know about this, but white people have been fucking up this planet forever. Yeah. And, and their racist law, these were the Puritans. These were the Philadelphia Puritans. White. Uh, you know, they believed in, in you know no alcohol whatsoever and what and, the and would be, would be uh, just when i got to take this call. Hi, sure. Han. Uh, jump. Don't worry, we can all edit this out. Jump. <laughs> <All comes laughs> don't worry, it, don't don't we can all edit it out, don't worry. But, but let, me, let, me, let me finish my little uh, lesson here, okay? The white people, the Puritans did not want anybody Alcohol touching the lips of anybody, especially Christians, yeah. and so they outlawed alcohol, prohibition. They outlawed uh, wine from Italy, or France, Germany, whiskey from Ireland. Uh, all the all the spirits are called. And Canada refused to go along with it. So you can get alcohol in Canada, which created uh, the bootleg industry which created the uh, Al Capone and which created uh, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of, of, of that. And so when, when they ended Prohibition, the cops had nothing to do. So they made marijuana. But before it was called marijuana, it was called hemp, and it was legal. But the minute Prohibition hit, then they made marijuana. They changed hemp into
0: marijuana. Because it was a slang Mexican word, and, and therefore then they demonized the Mexican
1: culture for for bringing the the so-called drugs in that. So what we're dealing with now is untangling this great, uh, racist mess called uh, you know these stupid laws, and we're and we're doing it and we're doing it uh, uh, Martin Luther King style, you know we're doing it very uh, peacefully you know when a baby can can get pot legal that that's we're on the right track
0: um well i've always been a big professional wrestling fan i remember in 2011 you and cheech co-hosted or a guest hosted monday night raw uh what were your memories of working on that show and getting to meet some of the wrestlers
1: traveled the world when I was a a young boy, and she would collect uh, wrestlers, uh, autographs.
0: And so I got, and then I had a friend that, uh, their their brothers, back in the uh, 50s, 50s wrestling was huge. It was Mm -hmm. big, everybody was, uh, you know, that was
1: a big uh, Elvis Presley kind of concert thing, you know, big, big draw. So I've always, I was, I was a big wrestler fan and I got to learn a lot of the, the tricks, you know, the Indian death log and all these, all these different wrestling holds and that. And so I was a big wrestling fan. And then my dad, when I got a little older, my dad, we went to a wrestling match. And, and then that's when I found out that it wasn't really a, on the up and up <laughs> because I was using the urinal, and both wrestlers that were just trying to kill each other, uh, on in the ring, and the cops had to come, and the referee had to separate them. They were both standing side by side, taking a piss, <laughs> <laughs> and and you could see the what was supposed to be blood. You can see it was like ketchup or whatever. So, so I, I man, I, it's show business. It, it's just I, and I've always been a big, big fan of show business. But wrestling, yeah, it was fun, man. There was a very famous wrestler had a school, Stu Hart. Mm-hmm. was his name. And and his, his uh, son, Brent, I think Brent Hart. Yeah. A couple of sons. They, 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 one of them died. oh one. A Yeah, yeah, he died. But I, I was from Calgary and I lived in Calgary with Stu had the uh, wrestling school. And he was like old time. One of the, that was one of the reasons I got into body. Because I was in that sort of Calgary uh, kind of searching for, you know, ways to be big. And, uh, and bodybuilding, you know, I was very young. I was 14, 15, you know, in those days. But, man, the wrestling. And then when Cheech and I met all the big, the, the modern guys, Mark Henry was the guy that impressed me. He was wider than a doorway. He was just big, off oh. Huge. And I'm thinking, oh, man, can you imagine this guy? You bump into him, you hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I, 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 I love that world. I've always loved that world. And then when I started working out at Gold's Gym, I got to meet some of my heroes. There was a guy named Hardboiled Haggerty. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Hard-boiled and Gene Kaniski, they were they were tag teams. And they told me the dangers of, of wrestling fans those wrestling fans would get eight inch needles and, and try to jab them as they walked into the ring. And these old ladies, they, they, they're trying to, they did, they stabbed a few of these guys. Oh yeah, it was, it, uh, that was, that was the world back then, man, and I was very, very happy to be part of it, you know, poor people's entertainment. That's true. Uh, Michelle, Michelle, before you